Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, or T-Love, as I'm known in secret service circles. And with me, as always, is the dashing, the debonair, the secretive, the sexy, the mysterious yet alluring, the arrogant yet charming, Mr. Young Sean Quigley, MI6's favorite, if you will. Or, as he's known as, the Quig at the Walther PPK factory. How are you, sir? Mm. Uh, good. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm, uh, you liked all my little Bond references there? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah it was a lot, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it was fascinating me that they still they have a whole factory dedicated to Walther PPKs. Mm. Well, why not? I mean, well, yeah. They still make them. I guess. I guess I just assumed in the day and age we live in, it would just be made in the same factory they make like iPhones and like whatever shit from Amazon in China. Nice. Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of our podcast. This is episode 60. And for those of you that don't know, what we do generally on our podcast is um, we watch the middle 20 minutes of a TV show or a movie. Um, if it's foreign language, we make sure any dub over or subtitles are turned off, and then we try to figure out what's going on here. Mm. At the same time, we review adult beverages, be it mm. beer, cider, cocktails, whatever. However, episode 60, this is our fifth, fourth, fifth episode. We are in our annual What's Going On Here Best Tournament, where we picked a category in entertainment and try to figure out what's the best part of that category. Last year's categories was superhero movies. Mm-hmm. This year's category were Bond movies. And we had 26 movies to review. We got through the first, the lower brackets of it, because there's 26 movies and it's just kind of an odd number. And um, we basically, after reviewing the lower brackets, we set up our Sweet 16 brackets now of best Bond movies. So from the, sweets, from the lower brackets, the movies that went on to the Sweet 16 bracket are... The Man with the Golden Gun, and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, the first one, Roger Moore, 1974, and the next one, George Lazenby, his only one, 1969. So our Sweet 16 bracket is ready. We're going to be counting this down. For those of you that follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you might have seen a teaser of some photos that young Mr. Quigley and myself did uh, by the wonderful Zach Nelson of Zach Nelson Photography. And we did a Bond shoot. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering maybe what we could do is like pick a movie and then pick a picture that you want to go with that movie. Oh. And kind of like almost count it down, like which picture we like best. Okay. Or maybe I should just randomly assign them to the movies as, as we pick the winners. Uh-huh. What do you think? Yeah. Or depending on how many movies we get through in an episode, uh-huh. put, throw off that many new pictures up. Yeah. 
That yeah. sounds like a good idea. That's okay. All right. So that's what we'll do. Um, I intend to send off these pictures as part of a portfolio to uh, the MI6. Oh, excellent. You that's know, a good, that's a good idea. I don't see why not. When they see us, how like expertly we handle our like finger guns. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Dear Secret Service. Dear M, I know you're there. <laughs> we see your name all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what are the other the side uh, the kind of like uh, not as serious? We have side competitions that we were going to think talk about. Is the best Bond song. Uh huh. Yeah. And then the best Bond overall. Yeah. Because, as you pointed out in one of the earlier arc uh, episode of this arc, there is like Daniel Craig is, and I think we both agree is probably the best actor uh-huh. to play Bond, yeah. but not necessarily the best Bond, mm. right? Yeah, not necessarily. He didn't necessarily portray the character of Bond the yeah. best way. I would, ar- yeah, because I would argue you could take. The name James Bond out of the movies he's in. Yes. And it would still be the same movie for a, a large part of it. Yes. Um, whereas you couldn't say that certainly for like Roger Moore, for example. No, right. I mean, that's it's just quintessential. Like if you right. take away the fact that James Bond is what he's playing, it's just, otherwise you'd be like, what is this? Like a Naked Gun sequel? Like, right. Like, what, what <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. It would make no sense. Right. It would be like, if you tried to do anything else than Bond, it would be like, huh? Yeah, right. Yes. And so earlier on, we did a bunch of beers for the early parts of the tournament, but in the very last episode, mm-hmm. we tasted a proper martini. Mm-hmm. We made it with Crystal Head Vodka and Nuali Pratt Vermouth. And it was goddamn delicious. And in fact, received our highest grade we ever gave anything else on the show. Yeah. Um, today, we are, because we have, we, we figured these are the big guns from now on. We're just going to have the various types of martinis. Yeah. So first, we're trying the straight up vodka martinis. And then we're going to do the Vespers, mm. which is gin, vodka, and vermouth. Yes. Which were famously never drank before Daniel Craig, actually, in Casino Royale. Uh-huh. But for they gained crazy popularity because the movie was so good. Yeah. Okay. So today is Belvedere vodka, going with Nuali Pratt, mm-hmm. and Belvedere vodka is a delicious Polish vodka made in Giradov, Poland. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I might be butchering hey, it. I fucked up in a in a trivia night once. I think due to this Uh-oh. because it it was a question. It was one of those questions that's a lot more difficult than it seems. Uh-huh. Where they listed a bunch of spirits, and you had to say what country they were from. And I think that was one that everyone got wrong. Belvedere, because you just like you've never expected it. Belvedere being Polish. It's, it's named like, after the Polish presidential palace. Well, none of us knew that. <laughs> well, what kind of trivia night was this? Drunken idiot yeah, trivia well, night? I know it was in Morristown, New Jersey. I don't, I don't know who other... Ooh, I'm so... Ooh, Mr. European over here. <laughs> That's right. Slavic I'm, knowledge. I'm a continental prig, aren't yeah. I? <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, you know, the drink is usually the toast of the show. So shall we, my friend? Yes, indeed. Here it is with our little lemon rind in it. Cheers. Ooh, that's... Mm. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> oh, okay. goddamn. It's just like, why do I drink anything? Why, why would I ever drink anything but this? 
makes me happy just even drink it. It, like, it, oh. it, it is. It's like <laughs> instantly, you know what? One of these days we're going to just set up a camera so we can like have a video of our episodes. Yeah. We drank it and instantly like two giant cheese ass <laughs> grains hopped on our faces. Because yeah. this is so good. Yeah. It's very good. This is really good. Mm. <laughs> this is really good. This is gonna be this is gonna be tough to grade. Mm. Yep. I wanna say I mean, so what do we have it to compare to? We have the one with the crystal head vodka to compare to. And we're a little bit far removed from when we did that. <sighs> yeah, that's hard. That's it's, hard without being Well, so I mean, so. we're gonna give the grade at the end of the episode, but yeah. damn this is delicious. Mm. Yeah, it is. You, you know what? This is why I don't drink it all the time. I'll tell you exactly why I don't drink it all the time. <laughs> no, no. If you're hanging out with your friends, yeah. you're going to hang out for a while. You don't have 15 to $20 to drop every time you want to fucking drink. Yeah. You know? It's like, what? No, I'll have the $7 beer. Thank you very much. Because now I can, like, I can stomach $28 for four beers uh -huh. and have a great night. Yeah. You know, three martinis for $50. Mm -hmm. I'm not rolling that deep yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, once Disney or somebody signs us on as their primary podcast, okay, we can talk. But, you know, for now, or unless, you know, someone like The Rock or Kevin Hart wants to sponsor us, okay. But for now, <coughs> that's why you don't drink this. At home, yeah. I'll drink this all day. Oh, yeah. You know? Because you'll get a bottle of Belvedere for what three drinks are in a bar. Mm. You know? Because yeah. a bottle of Belvedere is 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's break it down then. Uh, the best uh, Bond movies. We are in the Sweet 16. I'm going to break down which movies are facing each other. We have two regions. Like in the lower brackets, we had the M region and the Money Penny region. In the Sweet 16 brackets, we have the Q region and the Felix Lighter region, which is a misspelling there, by the way, which I found out. I thought it was lighter, like a cigarette lighter. But it's L-E-I-T-E-R. Oh. I think I fixed it for the, like, for what I put on web, but... Uh. Yeah, well, whatever. Okay, so anyway, Q region. We have number one, Skyfall, facing number 19, The Man with the Golden Gun. And these rankings were assigned by uh, box office money that's been adjusted for inflation. Okay. Uh, then we have a number five, Live and Let Die, Roger Moore, 73. Versus From Russia with Love, Sean Connery, 1963. Um, then Casino Royale, Daniel Craig, 2006. Versus Moonraker, <laughs> Roger Moore, 1979. The first two, I was just going to say, oh, these are really, oh, what t t tough brackets. And then we get to this one, I'm like, oh, okay. No, yeah, no. <laughs> you know what? Even the one before, it was kind of like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so far, it's... <laughs> Actually, none of these right now that I've listed. Anyway, let me get to the last one. The last one is Spectre, uh, Daniel Craig, 2015, versus Die Another Day with Pierce Brosnan, 2002. Mm -hmm. The Felix Leiter region, we have Goldfinger, Sean Connery, 1964, versus GoldenEye, Pierce Brosnan, that's a 14, 1995. That's actually not a bad matchup. That's a bit of a... Yeah, a that's a bit of a toughie matchup. Yeah. Uh, then we have... Number seven, The Spy Who Loved Me, Roger Moore, 77, versus Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery, 1971. Yeah, that one, I, 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 I kind of already have a clear winner there in my head. Yeah. 
Then You Only Live Twice, Sean Connery, 1967 versus Quantum of Solace, Daniel Craig, 2008. And then Thunderball, uh, 1965, Sean Connery versus his untimely, or I shouldn't say untimely, his not-so-permanent replacement, uh, George Lazenby's On Her Majesty's Secret Service from 1969. Mm -hmm. Which which side do you want to start with, the Felix Leiter or the Q region? We'll start with the Q region. Q region? Okay. So first we have Skyfall versus The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. And this is... This was, this was almost like a shame, because uh-huh. the man with the golden gun is a little bit of an upset to get into the Sweet 16 by just looking at movie numbers. Yeah. But it really was, from that bracket, the best movie. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of spy movies, with that, that's, what, that's one of the better Roger Moore movies. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely top three, like maybe top two, who knows. But yeah, it is, it's, it's certainly... It's, it stands out as being a very different effort compared to most of those Roger Moore movies. I, I, I actually, I would say that's possibly the best Roger Moore. It might be the best, actually. I think that's the best Roger Moore. The only one that I would put uh, uh, close to that actually is The Spy Who Loved Me. Because yeah, that was, you know, in, term, in, in terms of thematic development and story and whatever, that was... What was uh, his first one? What was the first his, one? His first one was Live and Let Die. Oh, okay. Live and Let Die was hokey. Mm. It just, it was, I remember, it's funny, it, 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 this whole process actually like taught me quite a bit. It's funny how your memory plays on you. Yeah. I seem to remember for whatever reason that Live and Let Die was fantastic. Yeah. And then when I rewatched it again, I was like, God, this was so bad. You yeah, know, the song, the song, I think the song was like pervading my, my brain and just yeah, going like, because yeah. it's such a kick-ass song, oh, you know, yeah. it's, the, it's, it's Wings and, 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 and Paul McCartney, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And they even do a cover of it in the movie, which was a really cool, funky and version it's so of it. so clever. That, that song, I love that song so much. It's such a good song. It's, uh, I think, it, you, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like musically speaking, in, a, in just analyzing songs, I think you could argue, you could make the point that The Spy Who Loved Me maybe is a better written song as far as songwriters go. Like maybe it's a better song. It's a classic song. It's a great song. Oh, uh, nobody does it better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, With by what's her face? Um, uh, Oh, I can't remember her name now. Yeah, but you you know, Um, but Carly Simon. Carly Simon. But but Live and Let Die is just the perfect Bond song because it. Yes. It's so cool what they managed to do because. I mean, it's so Bond esque. It's 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 but then it has a mid lane section that is like full on kind of like semi reggae. Like oh no, it's it's totally fun and playful and the whole thing. And just if you listen to the lyrics, yeah, uh, what does it matter to you? You know, you still have a job to do. You got to do it well and give the other guy hell and then bam into oh, the rock riff such a good it's song. so good and it's just like and the beginning is so bond it's so titled oh yeah yeah just yeah just the yeah, piano yeah, yeah. and they're like it's oh, really it's really it's, it's really fantastic yeah. I, I mean I think we both agree what's the best bond song yeah in the series living that die it, and it's fair it. if it's going to anyone Paul McCartney fair enough yeah, you're right it's like it's not yeah. it's not like it's a one off and it's like, oh, it's some schlubby sh- guy got lucky with a song. No. That's why I was so sorry for Paul McCartney as being, I know it's uncool to like Paul McCartney as like a favourite Beatle. You know, he's the I, uncool where everyone's either, oh, you have to be John or George. But I always like Paul McCartney. I just love his, 
like I look at that and some of the, the stuff he's done on his own since Beatles, I think it's just really cool. Very. John Lennon's stuff, like as much as I appreciate his solo stuff for like the songs, and I'm like, okay, but his general like over like the general stuff he did I don't like I'm not, right. I'm not, it's too hippie for me yeah it's yeah, too yeah. Like, eh. it's too crunchy granola too crunchy granola yeah 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 and it's just a bit too self aware I think as well I think he's trying to be cool all the time well that that was he, he was um, what do you call what's the word I, I have the word in Croatian in my head but I, can't, I don't have it in English um, he's conceited yeah it was conceited he and was conceited George Harris as well there are some really good pop songs he's done oh, um, is it is, in fact, of the solo things, I think George Harrison might have my favorite yeah. one. And not necessarily because of the way he did it, like of the covers that were done. Uh-huh. Uh, my guitar, as my guitar gently oh, yeah, weeps, yeah, yeah. there was a there was a tribute concert like after he died, oh. and there were all these guys. I don't know if you ever saw the video, and Prince was on stage too. Oh. And Prince started, and you know. No, I saw the original. I was thinking, I thought you were saying like the one where it was like Clapton and George Harrison and. Like Phil Collins and like oh no no, no it was all these people that all playing no 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 time. this was this was recently and George's son was on stage with him oh, okay. so it was really nice and touching but it was I think Tom Petty was on the stage and like oh, uh, um uh, uh what's his face from ELO that they were all in the traveling Wilburys together oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, those guys and like I said Prince was on stage and he started riffing a guitar solo and you know even though i know and i'm a big prince fan and i love everything he he i he does, he did it's like it always kind of like almost catches me off guard simply because of the way he would dress and it was like so foppish yeah. like what a freaking amazing guitar player he was like a guitar lick yeah, like yeah. few guys could pull a guitar lick the way prince could do a guitar you know he was as close to jimi hendrix as you could get in the modern era kind of thing so as 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 my guitar weeps is possibly my favorite of the solo Beatles. I read they've got a new. There's a new Prince album coming out. I read about that. That it's it's, it's a previously unreleased. As opposed to most, when people die and then they start going to the archives and pulling out like kind of crap and like. Eh. But uh, he was so prolific. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's going to be a whole album of songs he wrote for other people. Yes. But it's his original recordings of yeah. them that have been not released. Oh. So like you know his rec- original recordings of all these other songs like yeah, Manic yeah, Monday yeah. and like all these other. That's awesome. Yeah, well, that's I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. But so, yeah, no, it's uh, but yeah, George Harrison, yeah, great, but. I, um... I, I I always enjoyed Paul McCartney. I loved as a kid what he did in the 80s with, with uh, Michael Jackson. Mm. That whole thing. You know, say, say, say. And, and, and yeah. he kind of came back into the popular zeitgeist. I like his Christmas song. I, I know everyone hates it, but I like that song I, as well. It's just such a... You I mean, know, Paul McCartney could go be like, yeah, I'm going to write one of the biggest Christmas songs that every year is going to make me a hell of a lot of money. Why not? None of the other Beatles did it. No. They tr- actually, that's no, not fair. John Lennon did uh, Merry Christmas, War is Over. Oh yes, that's yes, that's one. true. But I, I, I mean, to me, it's it's one of these fluffy songs. It, you know what? The problem that I think a lot of uh, uh, musicians do, they take themselves way too fucking seriously. Yeah. It's just like, dude, relax. Mm. You wrote a song. That's great. That's it. Yeah. You wrote a song. That's great. Stop. You know, it's like, oh no, my music. Uh, like all these guys, like I'm not about the money. Uh, really? Why aren't your concerts free? Yeah, yeah. That's always like, like, oh, these guys are just about the money. They're all about the fucking money. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Yeah, and he's, he's no, why should he keep being, as, well, the one thing I give him for is that he puts so much out there. Like, there's so much Paul McCartney written things that yeah, are yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Look, even if he did have stuff 
still within him. Billy Joel said the same thing. It's like, but why would I do that to myself? Because people think for some reason, just because you're prolific at songwriting, that it must be easy. Yeah. And they're like, well, no. it isn't. Right. I'm good at it. Yeah. But behind those great songs are uh, is hours and hours and hours of trying to perfect a song. Right. And like, why would I do that to myself when I don't need to do it anymore? Right. It's like, and it, it perfectly encapsulated it for me. Um, David Bowie was on, uh, did you watch Extras with Ricky Gervais? Yes. Really funny. He was on an episode of Extras, which was really funny, where he did it. He wrote a song with Ricky Gervais, Silly Little Fat Man. Yeah. It was really funny when he was guesting on that. And he was, when he was working, Ricky Gervais was a huge Bowie fan. And he said like, oh, um, can you do this song? It's stupid. Like, you know. And he was like, yeah, I can try something, whatever. And um, it was on the day. Like, there was no preparation because he just happened for the day. And he came right, in. Right, right, right. And, um, Bowie, and Bowie said, so what kind of thing, what does it have to fit? Like, what sort of, what is it going to be? And then Richard Bowie's just been a big Bowie fan. He's like, oh, you know, just anything. Like, anything like the, the you write. Like, I'm thinking like, kind of like, you know, like, life on Mars. <laughs> and then Bowie turned around to him and was like, oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'll just write another Life on Mars then, <laughs> shall I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Richard Harris was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you just assume, you're like, yeah. but look what you've done. You must be so good. Why can't you just keep doing yeah. it? Yeah. And like, why the fuck would I keep yeah. doing that to myself? Yeah. <laughs> so for that, I, I forgive Paul McCartney. That, he does a lot, but he does what he wants to do. He doesn't I, sit there like... Like I said, I have no problems with it. I love when I watch... Um, uh, artists who were like super popular, super heyday, you know, through various like when you know you start off with a little band and then you become a huge band and then you go solo and you're still super successful. And I like when their music grows and everyone's like, oh, what's with that music? It's like, you know, it's like the Stones are still going on stage and selling out concerts. It's like, when was the last time you guys wrote a song? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I because people will bitch about the not that there's anything wrong with what they're doing. Right. It's like. You know, you have a huge fan base. You're going to make money. You have fun doing your stuff. Do your stuff. But what I hate is like when people always shit on everyone else. It's like, look, he was bored with... He wrote 800 other songs that were all in this style. He wanted to try something else. Mm. It was like um, Chris Cornell went and did kind of like a dancey thing. Yeah. And it was like, Chris Cornell is a fucking idiot and he sucks with his balls and blah. <laughs> and it's like, the dude wanted to... He likes... You, that's the one. I guess that's the one that kills me. People get so caught up in their genres that like, yeah. you can't listen to that if you listen to this. It's music. Why can't I like uh -huh. country and hip hop and techno and death metal? And you know, if it appeals to me, I like it, you know? Yeah. I, I'll listen to, to, to a Mozart or a Beethoven or, or, or a Liszt and love it to death and, you know, listen to Sound System of a Down like in the next song because yeah. I like it. I mean, it doesn't matter. So... That's one of the things that bothers me that, that people get so bent out of shape about no, it has to be this and it has to be rigid. That's not what music is, man. It's not supposed to be like that. Yeah. So, like you said, like I never had any shame about talking about like I like Paul McCartney and his stuff and no like you said, it's all about the cool factor. Like, oh who who cares? Yeah. They're good musicians. Yeah. It's it's the same thing with like Ringo, everybody shits on him. I was like, oh, he's a shitty drummer, he just kept time. And if you actually talk to drummers about it, they're like, you're out of your fucking mind. You know how hard that is? <laughs> yeah. Just to keep a simple beat. Because as a drummer, you want to, you know, fill in and whatever. And there was like, his beat was always perfect. It was never like, put a, you can tune, you can work a metronome to like Ringo Starr's beat. Yeah, yeah. But you know, because he was like, oh, I'm Ringo. You know, nobody took him seriously. And 
Although he had Barbara Bach as his wife. Mm. Or still does. Did she pass away? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. And she's in Spinal Lodge. This my favorite. Uh, my favorite Ringo quote. I forget who it is though. I can't remember which. It might probably was Ringo that said it. My dad always used to say it all the time. Maybe one of them. The old Ringo quote of them saying, like, "Oh, Ringo, what do you make of people saying that you're the best? That you're one of the best drummers in the world?" And he said, uh, "I'm not even one of the best drummers in the Beatles." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, good old Ringo. Yeah. Chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to the movie. So, Live and Let... Um, I mean, The Man with the Golden Gun versus Skyfall. This is an easy choice. Although, yeah. The Man with the Golden Gun is possibly as good a spy story as any of them on this list. Yeah, it really is. The fact that there's the top uh, 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 unparalleled assassin out there who costs... And this is 1974, mind you. Mm. Like, in the movie, he was like a million dollars a hit. Mm. In 1974, a million dollars is like 50 million today. Yeah. Easily, you know. Um, so here's this guy who basically has gold bullets made for him mm. that can't be traced. So when he kills people, you know. And he always wanted to test himself because in these dark, you know, spy circles... James Bond is the man that everybody wants to freaking get. Yeah. And so, like, he's obsessed about, like, getting him and practicing on him. And the whole thing, like, luring him into the trap and knick-knack and, you know. The... Yeah, you could remake this movie now. Like, we're out of... And that's, you couldn't say that about a lot, especially the Roger Moore ones. Like, you could remake the story now Easily. with the Danny Craig. Easily. And it would be great. Yes. Easily. And it would be dark. and Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt. Without a doubt, like Idris Elba could be freaking Scaramanga. Yeah. You know, and Daniel Craig, you know, and it's just like two guys facing off. I yeah. mean, they can make it a little more, a little less schlocky and a little more like you, he barely got away with the skin of his teeth kind of stuff, but uh -huh. you know. And then Skyfall, that was, I believe, Scott, uh, Sam Mendes' first one, right? Or did he do, he didn't do Quantum of Solace, did he? No. Did he write Quantum of Solace? Uh, no. No, okay, so, so that was his first one, Skyfall, and it was really good. Yeah, it was really a fantastic. One. And in terms of money, that's the one that made the most. Mm. Um, uh, Javier Bardem is just delicious he as is. a bad guy, and I like he's a great actor. He's a fantastic, such actor. a great presence. So, oh yes, I mean, I mean he's a good actor. He looks amazing. Yes, and like what fascinates me about him is he's yeah, he's just such a great presence. He was so good. He was. Like Joker level crazy, he'd be a good Joker. That's, he yeah. would be a fantastic Joker. Yeah. He was Joker level cr level crazy without it ever looking unrealistic. Yeah, especially because he was playing the the effeminate side, and his chemistry with with Daniel Craig is just really really fantastic. And he's perfectly, but yeah, and he's, I was just looking it up because it was one of those things that I think I remember thinking, oh yeah, he always here's the impression to me that he's this big guy. He's 5'11", Javier Bardem, which I find interesting. Really? That's he, it? Yeah, he's 5'11". So he's taller than Daniel Craig. Okay. But only just. Yeah. But he's shorter than every other Bond, Javier yeah. Bardem. Like, which is so interesting to me, because I feel like in every movie he's in... He, he seems like, like a tallish guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. a big, huge guy. And it's because he's, he's, so, I mean, so he's got a presence. big head, but his presence. It's his he's presence. such a big yeah. presence. Yeah. And he's always kind of slightly hunched or bending yep. over or something. Yep. That, you know... That whole scene where he walks in... 
and Bond is tied up and he sits down and he starts like rubbing his inner legs. Yeah. He says, oh, and I love Daniel Craig's line. He's like, what, what makes you think this is my first time? Yeah. And I was just like, that was perfect. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of like first interaction, good guy, bad guy. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of it like that. The, the, the lead up, the whole getting into his past, the whole the opening of the movie. I mean, that's the one thing with the Bond movies. That, that, that first opening before the credits could be a, like a short film that wins an Oscar every year. Yeah. For just sheer excitement and, mm-hmm. and just how much, like you said, like how much act, not only do they pack so much action in the last five minutes, in the first five minutes they put in so much action, you're just like, what, how does it get better than this? You know, mm-hmm. and, and they, they manage to like build it up and it's just really well done. It's unfortunate but Skyfall is way better movie than The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. I enjoy The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. But Skyfall is a much better movie. It is. And it really I'd say it really saved the the whole franchise because as well because I think it would I think it was probably going down 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 and then like With Quantum of Solace which which I kind I mean, of Because in Royale I guess pumped it up but Quantum of Solace was like yeah I remember Skyfall. I was working at a movie theater when Skyfall came out uh. in London. It was the I, I used to work at the IMAX in London, which is the uh, biggest screen in Europe. It's only one screen, but it's a big deal. Yeah. And they played Skyfall, and they didn't anticipate it. They played Skyfall for like six months. Really? Continuously. It was, well, it was only Skyfall, and it kept playing. People kept watching it and watching it and watching it. Uh, and and that's not just Bond fans, like that's no, everyone no. going to see it. Well, that I was going to say, Sam Mendes in Skyfall did such an amazing job, and he actually um, upped it with Spectre. Mm. He um, with 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 the cinematography, whoever his cinematographer is, mm. and I don't know if he used the same one in Skyfall as he did in Spectre. Like I said, in Spectre, he even far outstripped it, but like the vistas. Like the big views that he puts in there, yeah, are so good. Well, he's got such a clear idea of that because he's a theatrical director. His background is theatre. Okay, um, <clears throat> and that's what's very interesting about when you get theatrical directors directing films. Yeah, because because so, now they have they have the imagination, but now they yeah, have the budget. Because it's the opposite. Yeah. Most film directors fancy themselves auteurs that want to be like these respected, like dramatic yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they spend all their time with these. With film cameras trying to recreate dramatic kind of like theatrical, yep. you know, tense scenes. Yep. Whereas like someone from a theatrical background is like, all I have is like dialogue and people in one room and small. Some boxes. Like suddenly some I furniture. Have yeah, 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 yeah. I can do whatever yeah. the hell I want to do. Yeah. And you get these huge, yeah. you know, like you get to do whatever the, you want to do. Like, yeah. um, and yeah, you can see that he like really. I mean, just, the, the, the scene with the, with the train blowing up. And collapsing, uh, that was fantastic. The, the whole initial chase with money, and that, uh, that's the thing: the money, money pennies introduced yeah, yeah, for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Naomi, uh, uh, um, what? What? No, 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 that's No, what's her name? I would say Naomi Campbell, but that's the supermodel. No, um, or is it Naomi? Oh, this is terrible. And she's been a really great addition, and I like what they've done with her as a character. Yeah. Um, her, I, did, her, I, I did like it. The Naomi only, Harris. Naomi Harris. Yeah. Um, I love what they did with her when she was driving the Jeep and, and, and then Am yells, take the bloody shot. Yeah, and then yeah, they, yeah, she yeah. shoots him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, 
It's like, what did you expect was going to happen? They were like on a moving train, literally. Yeah. It was like a math problem, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I, I like and, it. That the only thing I remember, my wife, I was watching my wife that movie, uh-huh. and she had a big problem with that. Like, she would have loved it. The only thing that stopped her at that point, because she wasn't very au fait with the um, James Bond universe as such. So she sure. Didn't know. So damn so, sexist. Yeah, so money penny tail doesn't mean so much, whatever, like what big deal that is, yeah. what it is. And instead of us who already knew it, and they're like, oh, you're giving money penny a cool like background. Like, oh, she's got a story now, but we always knew what she was going to end up being. Yeah. She's just watching this and she's like, oh, yeah, badass female agent. Great, this is so cool. Is she going to be the next James Bond? Uh, oh. oh, she's a receptionist now? <laughs> like, is that how it works? <laughs> oh, she chooses to work behind a desk now. Like, come on. She was like, what? And I'm like, if you know it, then it's like, oh, that's a nice touch. Because we've done, she turned a character that was always a secretary. Right. And you right. find a badass. Yes. But she just sees it from the perspective of, but, you see this badass woman, and now she becomes a secretary? But you know what? She wasn't as passive a uh, character as in the old Bonds. Mm. Because Inspector, if you remember, it's her and Q and, um, oh, I love the actor too. Uh, and I forget what his character's name is. Tummins? Um, he was in the very first episode of, what's this, the weird, like, a British anthology series that's kind of like Twilight Zone. Uh, Black Mirror. He was, like, in the very first episode, he's the Prime Minister and he has to, like, fuck a pig. Um, oh, Rory Kinnear? No, not... No, that's not Rory Kinnear, is it? it uh, one's Rory Kinnear and one's Rory Kinnear. Uh, I'll look it up. Anyway, but but Inspector, she's she's like in the car with Q and, and the other guy who was, who was M's assistant. Yeah. Um, and they're like trying to find M and they're running around, so it's kind of yeah. like... It is Rory Kinnear. Rory, yeah, you yeah, get yeah, confused because yeah. it's Rory Kinnear and there's Rory Kinnear. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. not related. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, to Emily's point, yes, she's right. But at least it was just like, okay, let's let's do this now. But like I said, I mean, Bond has the perfect platform, quite frankly, to make an anthology series like one of these, like, what-ifs. Yeah. Or, or like, the, the way DC does, like, um, I don't know if you ever read the comic book, Gotham by Gaslight. Where yep. Batman basically finds out who Jack the Ripper is because mm-hmm. it's in, in in Victorian times, they have the perfect they have the perfect platform for that. You know, the British Empire has been an empire basically since the 1600s, and you have you know 400 years to work with where you can insert you know the Secret Service going in in the Americas, in Australia, in South Asia, you know. Uh, Hong Kong, Shanghai, wherever you know, yeah. and if they and they could just change out the bonds. I heard people say this about actually. I don't want to spoiler alert with Avengers. Could we spoil anything at this point? I feel like if you've seen it, is that yeah? Like- uh, it's been two weeks, so I want to say. But you know what? I'll throw in a, a, a spoiler, spoiler alert okay. in in it's the description. Brief. It's not going to spoil too too much. Okay, go ahead. But I would say I heard someone make that same point that you could do that. Series-wise, talking about the Disney Plus and like where they're going to start doing series, uh-huh. but with Captain America, sure, with him having like, you know, sure, you could have like Captain America. Oh, for sure. Oh, in yeah, that yeah. missing time sure, when he sure, was sure. in the ice. Sure. Now you can have him like because he goes Captain back America in the sixties, in yeah. the seventies. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like you could and have that, like, that one's not much of a spoiler actually. So no, yeah, well, exactly. well, well done. Be, well, it's almost it's almost as if you're. 
by quickly. Yeah. I must have been working with a double yeah. R unit. <laughs> but it's like, and they said, like, you literally, you could bring back Chris Evans in, like, 20 years and have him be, like, you know, like, 50-year-old. A Cold War in the late 70s. In the 60s, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. working the secret agent style, like, oh. yeah, yeah, Have a middle-aged Captain America mm. rescue a teenage Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could do. You know, totally something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I say Skyfall goes on to, from this one. Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. All right, on to the next uh, match. Even though the song is not our favorite, I'm not a huge fan of the song. Which one? The Adele song. For Skyfall. Uh, no, no. I mean, when, when What's-His-Face said, like, oh, when I heard a song, I cried. Daniel Craig, I'm like, what, you stub your toe? Because <laughs> I wasn't impressed with that song. Yeah. I, and then every time the wind-up, it's like, Someone's like running the little fire horn. Skyfall. I mean, I think it's still better than the last one. Quantum of Solace. Uh, that, that I hated that song. That was Which it. one was Quantum of Solace? I actually enjoyed it. Is that with uh, with uh, Jack Black and... Jack White and... Uh, Jack White, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alicia Keys. And Alicia Keys. I enjoyed that one. I was like, this is not a Bond song. That's a very Bond song, I think. Yeah, maybe I'm... I'm I, I think... Right because to me, that one kind of harkens to the live and let die. Mm. They just did it. They just kind of like it was a, a little bit gumshoey, like with the rhythm. It was a little more R and B, like and then they go into the riff again. I thought it was actually a very good Bond song. Actually, maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe it's okay. I actually enjoyed that one. The the one that I I was a little bit disappointed with was Casino Royale because that was actually Chris Cornell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't think much of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of them, you, there's nothing, you know, and considering the names they've gotten to do these, you're just like, oh, is that it? Like, you, you like the um, Cheryl Crow one, and I yeah. didn't think anything of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Gladys Knight did one, nothing to write home about at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what I hate Madonna's one. We talked about it. Oh, awful. Anymore. Just garbage. Let's take it down. She put out another album. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's like, stop. You're not relevant anymore. Go Yuck, away. I hate that. There's go away. Enjoy your money. Just go yeah. away. You know? Okay. So, um, Live and Let Die versus From Russia with Love. To me, this is an easy one. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, even yeah. though this was Roger Moore's first one and yeah, Jane yeah. Seymour was just so just innocent and cute mm -hmm. in this movie. And I thought what Yafet Kodo did was great, mm -hmm. especially as two different characters. Yeah. But I thought the whole thing was just hokey, uh, more than a little bit racist. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. From Russia with Love. From Russia with Love is almost like the spy standard. Oh, it's the spy standard. Because From Russia with Love is the the second one, right? Yes, yeah, the second movie. The second Bond movie. Because mm. Dr. No... It, they've as, got it where they're going. Like they're, It's the first movie where they're like... Where they, oh, they, they, they realize what they want to do. Exactly. Is, yeah. Yes. Um, the whole thing like... Uh, which they which they revisited with Roger Moore as well in um, For Your Eyes Only. The whole thing about, you know, the East and the West fighting through proxies. Mm. Which what was happening really. You know, especially like, you know, Turkey, Greece, the Mediterranean, like everywhere... Instead of, I mean, that's why it was the Cold War. Yeah. So they'd find these guys like, well, let's give these guys money. Oh, we will give these guys money. You know, and it was kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. This was just so well done. And the fact that they threw Inspector in there. Yeah. When you first get the idea, it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who, what? And they have a really cool opening, the opening sequence where you like, 
They killed Bond immediately. He's dead. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's a secret Bond. It's not, you know, it's a training exercise. Yes. And that's been done so many times since. I've that's got to be the first movie that did that. I've seen that in a whole bunch of movies since. That trope of you think you're watching something play out. Yeah. And it was, the whole thing was a training exercise. Yeah. And it's fake. Yeah. Oh, they did it with uh, Never Seen Ever Again. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that one. But they do, You're not they've missing. done that in Mission Impossible. They do yep. that in a bunch of other movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was the first time where they did that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean that. And then of course they have um, what's his face um, from Jaws in it, famously. Oh yeah, yeah. Robert um, Shaw. Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Which, who, who's great? He's fantastic. Fan freaking tastic. He's like the I I because I'd never seen this until I watched it for this, uh-huh. and I had no idea it was Robert Shaw because I think Robert Shaw and I think of. Crusty Gosh. old, yeah, 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 and then I think you're of a couple the other things. You're in the water, you're in the cage. Exactly. I'm like bleach blonde, like Russian assassin type. Like yeah. that is not what I think of at all. No, yeah, no, he was a badass in it too. The way he yeah. did it and switched accents and oh, right, you are, old man. I'm good. No, no, what? what you go to the dessert cart and I'll get this and yeah. the whole thing. It was just he was just really fantastic. He was superb, and it was so exciting. It was so the subtleties and. That was the first big fight. The fight they have on the train. Yes. So good. So, so good. physical. I'm like, oh. So good. Oh, that's the thing which I forgot when I was watching this and what I was uh, trying to bring up earlier. It, I have a new appreciation for film critics. And one, they must be really well practiced because I don't see how you can critique a film without seeing it twice. Mm. Because, you know, it's like I saw Avengers... And I was just reacting emotionally to everything. Yeah. You know, if I go watch it a second time, I can break it down now and clinically like, oh, 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 very nice, you know, whatever. So, like, it gave me a new appreciation watching these movies all over again. And I didn't realize, and granted, a lot of it is like another stunt person, but in some of the shots, you can see Sean Connery doing these moves. Yeah. Like, you can clearly see it's him, and you're like... He was an athletic SOB, wasn't he? Like doing all these things and tossing himself about and, and oh, yeah. you know, even though it was it was obviously a little hokey and stage combat y and all that, but yeah. it I mean, this is an easy one. From Russia yeah, with Love. I, I love that film. And another interesting part I, I remember reading uh, about afterwards is that Robert Shaw um, he he again talking heights, he uh, he was five ten. Uh-huh. And Connery is 6'2". Yeah. So all the scenes, I think the only scene they have where they're in a, like a two shot together, or they're in the, together in the shot is um, in the train. Yeah. And he's standing on a milk cart. He's standing on like a milk yeah, cart. They do do it all the time, yeah. Because he, because like you see him next to each other and they are like, it yeah. looks ridiculous. Because yeah. he's supposed to be this like, you know. Giant guy. Uh, yeah, this yeah. hulking Russian yeah. assassin. That number three puts on a... a, a, a pair of brass knuckles and punches him in the gut for no yeah, reason yeah, yeah exactly he was satisfactory <laughs> yeah my fact really funny he did all this acting on a on a box against Connery because he because he was way shorter than him but that's Tom Cruise's entire career yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the fact that his latest his series of even in Avengers I saw that in Avengers there was a scene I said to Emily we were watching it I'm like ah look at this when uh, Tony Stark comes in to the Avengers HQ like you know in the middle of the movie or whatever and uh, it's like him and Cap standing there. And it, it's not on a box. It's just the way they've shot it at the angle. And I'm yeah. like, look how they make it look like Rob Daddy Jr. just the same height as Chris Evans. Because no. they really are not. No, Chris it's Evans is more like... of a, a different. I think like Downey Jr. is like 5'8". And like... I don't know. No, I don't know if he's 5'8". I thought it was like 5'9", 5'10". Oh, no. He's shorter than that. 
Is he? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I saw him once. Well, I know Evans is like six, six one. Yeah, he's 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 very short. Cause him and Mark Ruffalo are about the same height. And they're both short guys. Oh yeah, Ruffalo's like five eight. Yeah, I'm so is Danny Junior. Because I saw actually, I saw I was uh, I was in London for the Tropic Thunder premiere. Okay. And I walked past the red carpet. I walked the wrong way and found myself right next to the red carpet by mistake. Uh-huh. It was in the middle of the day, the premiere, and I was there was a shot and it was. Um, Ben Stiller, Jack Black, and Rob Downey Jr. were all standing there together taking a picture. And I was like, I could have reached out and touched them. Uh-huh. But they're, they're backs to me. But they were all the same, the same size, okay. pretty much. And they were tiny. Yeah, like, yeah, ben yeah, Stiller, yeah. Rob Downey Jr., Jack Black, tiny midgets of men. I'm yeah, like, yeah. wow, look how small they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a movie he did with Cameron Diaz, and he was like standing on a box the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, from Russia with love, yeah? Yes. Okay. Right. Next right. is... <laughs> this one makes oh, me God. laugh. Casino Royale versus Moonraker. Roger Moore, if he was here today, wouldn't even... No, he would say, why is that even what? on the list? Yeah. Moonraker is the Roger Moore movie that just went off the fucking rails. <laughs> I Somebody was smoking freaking PCP yeah. or something because it just went completely off the rails. It's the only one I actually, it was physically hard to keep watching. Yes, I, absolutely. I actively was looking at like the wall and mm. the floor instead of watching yes. the movie. It was, I was, like, it oh was so God. bad and I, and I forgot how bad it was. Yeah. And I remember watching and so uh, it, it's the scene where they get to uh, Brazil. So they go to Brazil and then it's like, this is where Jaws comes out. And they wanted to make Jaws a staple. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, they introduced him in, in uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was effective in The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think that's what they wanted to do with Batista and Spectre. But it, it, I, it, was a poor, it was like, what? No, you're underutilizing him as an actor. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm sure if they... Well, he teased he could be coming back. Okay. I remember at the time someone made a point of that and they were like, Oh, we all thought you were gonna be like a Jaws and but you know but he did he made a point of saying like, Oh yeah, you didn't see me die though, did you? This is true. He just fell out the train. Yeah. Yeah. So So he, he might be back, you're right. So they go to Brazil and there's the whole thing with the big like sky uh 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 uh, uh car mm. that they're on and they're fighting and you know the whole thing collapses and, and, and um Jaws walks out of this Big, you know, literally like tons of concrete, and he just gets up and walks out of there. And then Bond, Bond gets away, and they take whatever the CIA operative was, Honey Goodhead, or whatever the name was. Oh yeah, it's awful. It was awful. It's the worst one, the most on the head. Like they stopped trying that. Point but it, it, well, this is the thing. Like those fight scenes, the editing was so just slapdash. Yeah. It was almost like one of these that you see on Facebook that people just crack up. It's like, is this the worst fight scene ever? It was that bad. Like, it was like there was like a $3 budget for the editor. It was yeah. really just awful. And then to make matters worse, Bob goes flying out of the ambulance and that's how he gets away. And they take her away. And next thing you know, he's on horseback with gauchos. I'm like... <laughs> They're Argentinian. What the fuck are they doing in Brazil? Yeah. And then like, because I'm like, oh, okay. and, and like when I'm watching it, because last time I saw it, I was a kid, and I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, how did he get to Argentina? Like, this is really bad. He was just in Brazil, like literally like last frame. Yeah. And then he's like riding with gauchos, 
And I'm like, what's going on? And then he goes, and there's an MI6 headquarters. And then he talks to the guy, but he's talking to the guy in Portuguese. And I'm like, what? They're still in Brazil? Why are they dressed like gauchos? What's happening here? I'm missing some information. That movie went off the rails so bad. And then I forgot all about the fucking laser guns in space. Oh, oh my oh god. That's the worst That's scene. the worst. Oh, Jay's oh. oh, floating so bad. But the worst is the sound effects. The sound effects sounded like something out of weird science where they were trying to melt a wad of cheese with their flashlight. They're like, pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 and they're floating, and they're like in water, like, it was so bad, it was literally, and when did that film come out, 79, this is post Star Wars, yes, how'd you make that film after Star Wars, that's why they, that's why that movie happened, because it was post Star Wars, it was post Star Wars, and post the first Star Trek, because that was the first Star Trek movie, the motion picture, Came out, I think, in 79. Yeah. So maybe it came out right before it. But yeah, the lasers, because everybody was Star Wars. Yeah. Everybody was lightsabers and lasers, you know? Because there were so many sci-fi oh. movies that came out. And you that, look at that movie now, you say what you want about Star, like Star Wars, and, and it, it, disregard the, you know, all the HD whatever bullshit that George Lucas has done since. All the stuff in Star Wars that's the original that was there, you watch it now and it holds up. It's still like, holds up. It looks great. Still holds. The only thing that gives it away, if you watch it like a, a, a like you said, like on the HD or something, you can see the frames of, of like when the uh, ships are going through space. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's you know because it's like photography and then they shot it and you can kind of see the layouts a little bit. I'm sure since then he must have remastered it so they could take that out and all yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. If you watch the original, like I still have the VHS, VHS tapes. Yeah. If I were to pop those in and hook it up to a TV, they still hold up because and the big reason was like everything was an actual mock-up. Yeah. Like the ships, the you know, the, the, the critters, everything like puppetry, the whole nine. You know, and when they, they knew what they couldn't could do. Like they knew the limitations. They yes. knew like, what can we get away with, what can't yes. we? It's called Star Wars. Yeah. It's set in stars, set in space. The only things we ever see in space are inanimate objects that yeah. we're controlling as models. Yeah. We're not going to have spacemen flying around in space because it's going to look shit. Yes, exactly. And, that, and it does. <laughs> it, it totally <laughs> looks like shit. Yeah. It, I mean, it's funny. It's like when Star Trek The Next Generation came out and it was kind of an experiment because it was like 25 years after the other one got cancelled. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And they, just, they had a low budget. Mm. And I remember watching a thing on like what their special effects were. And the transporter effect, literally, was a beaker, a plain beaker, uh -huh. glass beaker, that they had water in. And then they would put sprinkles in it, like blue sprinkles, and then shine a light on it. And somebody would stir it. And then they would <laughs> take the shot of that. And that was the effect for the... You know, and then they would show like the shuttles in space. And said, if you look carefully, you could see it's a disposable razor that they used to make the little show. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like when they pointed out, you're like, yeah. holy shit, that's fantastic. But, you know, then now, mind you, next generation, when you watch it, it does not hold up well, especially the first seasons before they started getting the money. But Star Wars was something else. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but he started Industrial Light and Magic right after that. I mean, because he wanted his own... <laughs> it's such a shame. It's like, dude, you were such a visionary. What the... And everyone's like, what happened? He got so much money, he couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, so this movie was such shit. And Casino Royale, on the other hand... Mm. I mean, re-watching everything again. And it's number eight on this list. 
But I remember when it came out, and again, I hadn't seen all the movies beforehand. I remember say, thinking to myself that this was possibly the best Bond movie I had ever seen. Yeah. And it really, really was. It really it, it, uh, uh, attached a sense of realism to the whole thing. You know, again, it's like the whole Spectre idea, right? This third party that's playing both sides against each other kind of stuff. Except they translate it to a modern era. We're supporting terrorists and we're creating chaos in the yeah. world and that kind of stuff. And it was so good. And then, of course, uh, um, Eva Green. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a shame that all these like Hollywood award shows or whatever have a bias towards big hits. Mm. Unless they're considered, you know, like an art house film. You know, if it's Daniel Day-Lewis, oh, we're talking Oscar. Yeah. You know, he could literally make a movie about a guy shitting in a fucking porta potty. It's franchises. They don't like franchises. If it's no, a franchise, right. they don't care. No, no, they don't care. Eva Green's performance in that. And, I mean, I've seen that movie because they show it a lot on TV. I have the DVD. I've watched that movie a lot of times, but never like with a critical eye. The scene where he jumps in the water when the her- she's trapped in an elevator uh-huh. and she locks herself in and she's sitting there and he's trying to get her out and she comes over. In, and now, this is very obviously shot in water. Yeah, yeah. And she takes his hand. The look that she portrays, and I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it. The sorrow, mm-hmm. the guilt, yeah, the yeah. love. All of these things that she conveyed with just, like, her facial expressions under fucking water. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, yeah. like, it, like I, like when I was watching again, I almost started sobbing. And I was just like, this was just done so well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, amazingly enough, you know, like you said, it's like, oh, the movie's over. But then the whole thing happened with Mr. White at the end. And you're like, yeah. okay, finally, son of a bitch, some come up. And... But that movie was just so good. Yeah. That to me, to me, that's actually a contender for the best mm-hmm. of the Bond movies, I think. Um, I can't say enough good things about Casino Royale. That's a great movie. I, I liked it a lot. There's, there were a couple of things that I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, I, so I didn't like the... the we sacrifice some of the tropes for like the new cool bond. So like we don't have Q yet. Oh, oh true. No, yeah, yeah, Q, yeah, yeah. Um, there's no money penny. Um, but uh, and and as cool as it is for the sake of it, and it is cool, I guess. I personally, for the sake of the franchise as a whole, if you're someone that would like w- what it was designed for, people that had not watched Bond films in a long time, maybe right. that fall out or whatever, right. it was good for that reason. But for someone who like me, he just watched all these Bond movies. Yeah. To then watch, I wasn't a huge fan of the beginning. I know you said before that you really liked the beginning. I didn't like the, the you know, the origin story thing they I did. I did. I did. And the reason I didn't like it is because I think it's the same problem. We've talked about this with uh, Star Wars and Avengers and other things. I think it's too arrogant to claim an origin story outright. No one's done it yet in the Bond films. All these Bond films have left it open. To a certain degree of like, who knows? Who knows? And even Skyfall, you know, they did an origin story, but it's still like, yeah, there's still enough cloudiness there. But this was like, this is how he became James Bond. And I'm like, oh, like, that's, that's how he became a double O. Opening it. Well, yeah, but like, yeah, before that, he wasn't even, you know, he was just whatever dog's body. He didn't have his license to kill. He was just his first license to kill job. I'm like, Oh, like maybe you have to earn that for me. Like that's your first one out of the gate, and you're going, "This is it. Weird. This is how we go." I'm like, I did, and also the black and white thing, I didn't get. I'm like, I've watched all these old James Bonds now. None of them are in black and white. I, I, Why are we watching it in black and white? I think, I think the well, one, I think it's just because it's supposed to be just a memory. That's what I think. One, 
Two. Yeah. Um, was he a fucking dog? Maybe. <laughs> he dreams in black and white. Technically, we all do. We don't dream in color. Oh, some of us do. Well, no, that's the, th- that's the thing, isn't it? I, now you say that, I remember that that's the question, that some people dream black and white and some people don't. You dream black and white? I think it says, I think it's, we all dream in black and white, oh. but later when we remember it, we color it. Oh, interesting. It's weird. That's, but I, that, that could be completely off base. I feel like that's not true. Well, in my case, anyway. I don't know. I had a lot of lucid dreams when I was a teenager. Okay. I did too. They're never in black and white, but I remember reading that somewhere. But like I said, it, 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 was, it might have been next to a recipe for a cheese sandwich. Yeah. For all I know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, but I but I mean, I I didn't mind the double O store because I like the theory that uh, 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 Nick Kaleshi, who's who's been with me in 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 Red Monkey Theater uh, Productions, is being credited with his blog of saying like 007 is not a person; it's a title. Yeah. So I liked it, and I think that might have been their way of kind of saying it, like, because we're transitioning so many, you just kind of, this is the title you assume when you get it. Although at the same time, then in Skyfold, why would the property be bombed, you know? Yeah. It, it's more, because like Gangs Bond 007 was more of a title, not a family name. Yes. Although in Skyfall, they set that up. That the they, 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 yeah, they, they, that kind of got erased. But I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I mean, the whole, like, uh, parkour scene. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. The rest of them, great. I just, for whatever, for whatever reason, that bit, I wasn't a huge fan of for that reasons. Um, but I did like that. But, but and also, he he gets away with a little too much in my eyes, for, for, professionally speaking, especially for a guy who literally just got his license. He just got his license. Oh, no, 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 no. You, like, in, 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 ter- in terms of bonds, he's probably the worst. Oh, it's crazy. Because it's supposed to be this clandestine world, yeah. but literally fucking buildings are falling down around yeah, him. Yeah, and that's why I, lo- I, that's why I love the From Russia with Love, Sean Connery's, is because I believe London has no idea what James Bond is doing. Right. Like, he's operating covertly. Yeah. He's, you know, he's in the Bahamas, and he's doing all <laughs> right. these secret things, and you never hear anything until right. he comes home, and he's like, yeah, I killed that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. they're like, oh, great. The, the right. Queen, the there was, there this guy, every second, every something something's going on. And not just like a car bomb went off. We're yeah. talking fucking, you know, earthquake level destruction. Every time this guy walks into a place, it's like, what, what happened to subtlety? But yeah. but that's my complaint about the Daniel Craig Bonds period. It's like, yeah. when is the secret shit gonna happen? Like, when yeah, is something so secret happening? But, but and they do to a certain degree they play up to it because he's like, okay, that's his James Bond is this reckless guy. He holds grudges sure. as opposed to some of the others. Like, and the whole thing was it Scott? Was it? Maybe it's Quantum of Solace. It was the one where he has the Aston Martin, he gets the Aston Martin, and then like you know fucks the guy over. And... No, 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 that's that's Casino Royale. Yeah, little things like that, or like when he, he tossed him the keys, and then he like, you know, yeah. and, and like you know, it's like in old James Bond, they would just never. Have... No, 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 but but that's the thing. I think they approached him more from a petulant teenager. Yeah, he's petulant. And, yeah, 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 and he's petty, and he yeah, oh, very, grudges, very grudges, But there's a there's a there's an element, and I think another thing I think of because they say that 
James Bond is the archetypal psychopath yes. when you analyse him. Yeah. And the Conneries certainly are that. You yeah. can see that. You can even see it with Lazenby. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, I can see the psychopathic tendencies here. Yeah. You don't, as much as someone looking from the outside in who doesn't, who they think they know what a psychopath is, they can look at Dan and Craig and go, oh yeah, I see it. But like, no, it's the opposite. He's so much emotion. He's so petulant. Yes. He just holds no. so much in him. Yes. It's so not that. Yes. It, I'd argue it's a different character entirely. Yes. Whereas that old Connery Bond of like, yeah, he was constantly doing psychopathic yes. shit. No, 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 he yeah, just yeah. didn't care. Yeah, no. He was hitting women, he was using machine and shields, and then he would go to the bar and have a drink. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, nothing, like, anything else. No, 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 right. No, no, no. Give a crap. <laughs> Daniel Craig's Bond is just way too emotional. Yeah. You're right. He does hold everything. You get the feeling everything. after every every kill he goes home and cries a little bit. <laughs> he has a sad wife. Go cry! Fucking Go cry! Go cry! You've got a gun to pillow and beat off, you bastard! Yeah. Because <laughs> Connery could kill 100 people that day and just like didn't even remember it. Uh, can I have a martini? Yeah. Daniel Craig, every time he, he, he gets a new little tattoo on his inner leg, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. gets his nipple pierced again. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has bummy issues. 100%. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But that being said, Casino Royale, far better movie oh, than yeah. Moonraker. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one is Spectre versus Die Another Day, number four versus 13. Pierce Brosnan's last one and Daniel Craig's last one currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is an easy one, I think. Yeah. Um, I know you said you didn't like Die Another Day at all. I enjoyed most of the story, mm. but I think what it lacked from, and again, I think this is like the, the higher ups in, in the Bond empire decided to do this. Um, they didn't have enough material, and then they just stretched out the, the scene where they're chasing each other across the glacier with the cars. Yeah. They easily could have cut half of that away, and the story still would have been told, and it would have been fine. Mm. But they were doing like fast cuts. To sh- and it was just like, w- wait a minute, what? What's like? I've never seen a fast cut like that. The only other time I've seen a fast cut in a Bond movie, Moonraker, and it's literally the- Moonraker should have been right below the original Casino Royale. Moonraker yeah. was that shitty of a movie. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how how it made as much money as it did is beyond me because it was what Moonraker was ranked number nine. Yeah, nine. Well, because the way they marketed, they're like James Bond in space. You know, this is true. That's how they mark. I I remember that. It's a sci-fi. Yeah, yeah that's like it's sci-fi now. So, um, die another day. I thought I thought, and you said it was Maggie Smith's son. That that was the yeah, uh, Toby Stevens. Yeah, he's the baddie. he was he was over the top. I thought he was. He's a theatrical actor. He does a lot of theater. So well, it showed. <laughs> it, it showed. It literally yeah. showed there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it literally, literally showed there. Although, I mean. Halle Berry walking out of the water, literally the most iconic. It, it's a classic scene, I would think, at this point. Yeah, and she is, and we've kind of got beyond that now. And you could argue, certainly for a good, for good reasons. But I'd argue that she is the. That's the last movie where the Bond girl was legitimately like a badass. Well, I was going to say, well, she's bad, but I was going. She was legitimately like the hottest woman in the world at that point. 
Like everyone was oh, like, yeah, she yeah, was like, yeah, 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 she yeah. was. That was at the time when Halle Berry was like the sexiest woman in the world. She was voted like you know. Yeah, and that yeah, was back yeah. when we could have Oscar-winning actresses that we called the sexiest woman in the world. Right. And like be like, whoa, yeah. Yeah. And now we all have to grow up and be like, no, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, yes, I guess Brie Larson is kind of attractive. Oh, are you gonna go home, cry your pillow, and be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but Halle Berry, like that was the time when they like no, she was straight up at the time. Yeah. At her peak, Halle Berry was, uh, you know, she was the sex bomb of the planet. Sure, like she was, sure. And that's what it used to be all about. Yeah. It just so happened in her case that as well as being the hottest woman on the planet, she was also a really good actress. Yes. And that didn't happen very often. I liked her with uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah. I thought their fight at the end was a little bit contrived. Yeah, yeah. But, little... but I mean, I liked Rose, what Rosamund Pike was doing in that movie too. She, she, yeah, she did a good job. I mean, she got, you know, her best work is years mean, ahead of her in it. But... I would put, uh, for, for Pierce Brosnan, I would definitely put this one above The World Is Not Enough with with yeah. uh, Sophie Marceau and, and What's-His-Face from... Yeah, that was just a shit movie. And all the, all the terrible yeah. Russian accents that I'm, were like half Scottish yeah. with... with, with uh, I'd argue for some reason, and I don't really know why, I guess it must have something to do with him, Pierce Brosnan by far, for me, is... And I like him in many ways. Before we did this, I would have said that Pierce Brosnan was my favourite Bond. Uh-huh. Um, but for some reason, he's the one Bond that I don't ever remember him having genuine chemistry with any Bond girl. Like, every movie he's in, I don't buy it. I'm like, eh. I don't really think she's you know attracted what? to you. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Because I'm, he definitely didn't have it with Michelle Yeoh. No. He didn't have it with, uh, what's her face, um, in World Is Not Enough. No. Neither with, neither with Sophie Marceau nor with, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Debbie, no, um, Charlie Sheen's ex. Uh, Denise Richards. Denise Richards, thank you. Um, down to her acting there probably but yeah if, if he had any chemistry with anyone it's with the Italian actress who played the Russian girl in Goldeneye yes and that was his first one and again I think that was down to her I think you could have put any yes that I think that was it. her not him because her whole character was which is which that. is I mean I mean that you that's a, that's an excellent point that you bring up because I didn't think of that so because as a Bond I actually think he's a very good Bond yeah He's just like so he, repressed. It's the fucking Irish. You can't escape the sexual repression. Yes. I just don't buy that he really wants to have sex no, with anyone. No, <laughs> no, you're right. It's, oh, God is fucking watching me. I can't do it. No. <laughs> I feel so guilty. <laughs> please, Jesus, turn your head. Yeah. Jesus, please don't turn your head. I just, I, just need, I just need to do the bad thing for a second, Jesus. Yeah. Just turn your head, please. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Like, even in the Roger Mormons where he's, like, a granddad next to, like, these young women, I still buy that there's attraction there because yes, he is so charming. He is. But Pierce Brosnan, I'm like... And in no. this one, Halle Berry's at a peak. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. She's talented. She's really good. And every time he's but, in a scene with her, I feel like he it, just it, wants to tell and, her that no, she's and really talented. No, and you're absolutely right. And they made her character to be this, like, really flirty thing. Yeah. And just, she, when she did it, it was like fireworks. Like, like I would get tingly all like yeah. in my insides. And then he'd do it, and it was like, oh, someone just poured soup on my crotch. I mean, it's like the someone's hell? dad. It's <laughs> like someone's dad talking to dude like, oh shit. No, you're absolutely right. And like I said, which I is think a shame. We could take this conversation to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, square. Let's go to the bedroom. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. <laughs> Connie would take me right here in the car. <laughs> Pierce wants to take oh. me up to his bedroom. Uh, why don't you take me to the bedroom? Oh, be sure to fold your socks, <laughs> would you? <laughs> I have to make sure that I have an alarm set up for the morning. I go to the front desk. I've got to be up pretty early for spy business. <laughs> like, oh, I have to be there before Em's coffee gets cold. I'm sorry, love. It's just you're, like you're the, right. the most the most sexually interested I saw him in any of these movies, as far as I can tell, is in Die Another Day. He's getting his fucking balls whipped in like career and like all this sort of shit going on. It's the only time I ever felt like maybe he had a situation where he's like, oh yeah, oh oh, 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 oh no, with uh, with um. No, that's not Die Another no, Day. No, I got, uh, I got uh, my... Goldeneye. I got my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. With uh, who... She's possibly my favorite yeah, yeah. Bond villainess. Famke Janssen. Yeah, yeah. She was great. great in that. It, it, it was almost over the top. Yeah, she managed to portray that it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I'd yes. never thought of that. Which is a shame because I thought the way he approached the Bond role... You know, it was like after Timothy Dalton and all that... He did it really well. He mm. was. It was the first time that you actually saw like, oh, these guys were actually special ops who got promoted. Yeah. Because you never... On, until Timothy Dalton, you never saw that. Yeah, yeah. Like, because yeah. Timothy Dalton in the first one, The Living Daylights, when they're supposed to uh, penetrate the Gibraltar radar station. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's what these guys... That's how they train. They don't just sit around drinking fucking vodka all day. That's alcoholics. That's not a top spy. Well, there's one movie, which one is it? The one in Greece is the one where Roger Moore spends like a really long amount of time as like a fucking Navy officer. And it's kind of like, huh, this is weird. It's just a whole movie where he's it's like the last 20 minutes of the movie, he's dressed up like a Navy officer, just being all naval in like a submarine with a bunch of other Oh, no, Navy that's, men. that's, uh, that's a spy who loves me. Oh, okay. Through, when, because the guy, the bad guy's giant ship would swallow all the submarines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, Die Another Day, not very good. Spectre, again, Sam Mendes, and I didn't remember it as being a good movie, but it was a very good movie. Mm. Again, my biggest complaint about the movie was the underutilization of Batista. Yeah. But as far as the vistas, the, it is such eye candy. Like the opening scene is the Day of the Dead in Mexico City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's really cool. Who, and I wanted to actually look it up to see if his cinematographer worked for National Geographic. Because mm. the scenes literally looked like, you know, when you go into Best Buy and they're portraying all the new TVs. And they have always like yeah. this like pl blue planet and whatever for, for National Geographic. That's what the scenery looked like. There was the Day of the Dead. There was the car chase in Rome at night. Brilliant. With all the Roman like architecture lit up. Uh, there was the, which they hearken back to um, Lazenby's... Uh, Under Majesty's Secret Service, the clinic up on the top of a mountain in the Alps, uh -huh. and then all the alpine vistas, you know. Um, then when they're in Tangier, the big widespread vistas of the desert. It's so visually engaging. Mm. It's he totally committed to using basically that as part of the story. Yeah, like there wasn't what there wasn't much being said, and it didn't have to be said. Yeah, like that whole intro in Spectre. I think it's like six minutes before anything is said. Uh -huh. You know, when he's, he's got the mask on, it's really cool. Everybody's painted. And he walks with the chick and she like lays down like he's like, oh, I'll be right back. And it's like, I think it's like four or five minutes of the movie pass before any character says anything. Mm -hmm. or, or of any meaning. You know, the background, everybody's talking, whatever. But it's, it's, it's so visually arresting. And I, I really, like I said, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more now that I saw it. Because this is only my second time watching it since I saw it in the movies. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's infinitely better than Die Another Day. So I, in my mind, it obviously goes forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's, I mean, between Spectre and Skyfall for Sam Mendes, I would go with Skyfall as the better movie. Mm-hmm. I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to make it a really big movie and at the same time try to be um, a setup mm. story. Yeah. Which was odd because, you know, in, in retrospect, you watch it like they ended the movie as if, okay, this is a bond is done. Yeah. He found the love of his life. He, 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 no more. He's given up the spy life. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Blofeld's not going to just end up in prison. Yeah. Someone's going to take him out. The only, my only complaint about that, besides the Batista thing, my only complaint is the story of Blofeld is a little bit hokey to me. Mm. Because, yeah. like, how is it that all these guys that decide to kill their, like, parents in their sleep or kick them off a fucking mountainside or whatever mm. end up with more money than, like, 90% of the governments on the planet? Mm. You know, that's like, what? Yeah. How did he do this? And, you know, and I get it. It's like, oh, it's a really nefarious mind and it's really, you know, cruel. And, and, and I guess the, my biggest question from that movie was, and they never really conveyed it, so you never knew and they never addressed it. Did he recognize him in that first meeting? When he said, hello, James, we've been waiting for you. And he's in the shadow. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah, see yeah. Christoph Waltz's face. And by the way, Christoph Waltz, great Blofeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Blofeld. Um, and he looks up and James looks at him. And then he realizes he needs to get out because he's been made. Yeah, yeah, But it's like, do you recognize that as the guy whose father took you in for a while after your parents? Because the whole thing about him was he was old enough to remember it all. Yeah. So it's not like it's a dark, repressed memory. Because mm. he was supposed to be, what, 11, 12 when his parents died? Yeah. So that was my only thing. Like, did he know? Or did they kind of lead him to that? I remember. This is one I need to rewatch. I'll rewatch it before we do another one. I, 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 I can't remember that very well. Um, although, I, the one thing I do feel like that maybe would have been... People wouldn't have liked it, but would have been an interesting way of modernizing the Blofeld situation is I feel like maybe, and to, to the point of what you were saying about how, like, you know, how do you get to be this rich? And it would have been kind of interesting if in the modern world, Blofeld would have just been like a Rupert Murdoch character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally just the head of a huge company. But that's, that's why I loved, that's why I love Tomorrow Never Dies so yeah. much because it was such a timely, actually yeah. for today, such a good movie and he mm. was such a great villain. Yeah. I mean, it didn't make it, but... You know, past Lazenby's uh, uh, movie, but you know, mm. you're right. I mean, that would be more believable if he was, you know, like the head of some microchip maker mm. or something. Yeah, no, it would have been interesting. I, I think the other thing is, um, you, you briefly mentioned it about the idea of him settling down with a woman. And we talked about it before, and I forgot to say it, which is just another interesting tidbit from Russia with Love. Uh-huh. They tried to set up and they dropped it after Russia with Love because they were like, ah, we they thought actually it's not going to work, it's going to get in the way. Is they were setting up um, Bond to have a stay-at-home girlfriend, who, if you rewatch it now, and it, you could have missed it. And the only no, reason, no, 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 because she was yes, yeah, she, she was in Doctor No, she was in Doctor No, absolutely. And then she was the beginning from Russia with Love. Yes, absolutely. And that that apparently going forward, that was going to be the thing. Is she was going to be his stay-at-home girlfriend, and the joke was going to be that he went off gallivanting with all his women. And he'd always for come king back. and country, yeah, for queen and country, and he'd come back to her. And she would almost, I guess, be what the money penny character became, but right. it was going to be an actual girlfriend. Right? But they said they didn't like his personal life being too on screen like that every time. They're like, eh, it's better him being more mysterious. But 
That's what they tried to do that right from the beginning. Well, but you know what? It, it's a shame they didn't keep that. Yeah. Because that could have led to like another two movie arc. Yeah. Because somebody yeah. comes and kills her. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Or better yet, she's a mole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that'd be some like mind fuck shit. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna propose to her and then like on their honeymoon they bag him. You know, it's like he's like, What the fuck's happening right now? You know, and she's the head of the organization. That would be even better if she was the head of Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So that's that's I think that's our uh episode. We got our winners for the quarterfinals, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh-huh. Skyfall versus From Russia with Love. And Casino Royale versus Spectre. So that's a 1 versus a 12 and a 4 versus an 8. Yep. All right. Well, before we sign off, my friend, you know what time it is. Mm-hmm. It's time to judge our sadly empty drinks. I know. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's oh, empty. you got a sip left? Ooh. You got a sip left? Uh, oh, you know what? I do too. Hold on. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> This is a cry for help, people. <laughs> All right. So what do you think of Belvedere with Noali Pratt? Just to refresh your memory, for the Crystal Head Vodka with Noali Pratt, the uh, martini, we gave it each a 4.7. Oof. Um, I don't think this is as hard as I thought it might be. I, I, for me, I think this is a 4.6. Like... And it's hard to tell now. I'm hard to tell if it's just because I, I, it took me by surprise so much. Yes, last one. one, yes. Or if it was just an edged it You know what I think also it had to do with the la- last one? And, mm. and, and, and I hate to put caveats on it, but you're right. This isn't a 4.7 to me. Yeah. And even though Belvedere is supposed to be a superior vodka to Crystal yeah. Head, I think part of the reason is we had that after an episode that we did where we had beer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if our taste buds were bittered up, Maybe. and then we tried it, and the vermouth kind of hit it, and it was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. <laughs> because we were both like, "What?" Yeah. And then, like the next night, I made myself one. And I was like, "Oh," mm. and it was kind of like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't nearly as impressive, and I'm wondering if the palate was a little bit maybe a little bit dirtied up with the beer mm. for it not to be so. I mean, I don't sense. want to take anything... That's o- why Daniel Craig spends all these times in these movies, these modern movies now, like having a swig of beer. You know, he drinks beer That's true. and he works his way up to the martini. This is true. Begins, it's not, a, it's not a bad idea. And then he drinks his martini afterwards. Maybe, maybe for the next one, I'll freeze some olives and we'll put some frozen olives in there. Oh. oh. oh yes. That might be an idea. Interesting, yeah. Yes. But, um, okay, so you go with 4-6? Yeah, I think so. Because it's still really good. I mean, it's, it still yes. really is. It's... It, <laughs> This is, I mean, when you think about it, just the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's, it's three shots of vodka mm. and a shot of vermouth with a lemon peel in it. And it's just killer. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything bad about this drink. I, it's already like my go-to drink now. Like, and I've only had it these two times since. I, before, I said before, my go-to drink, cocktail drink was always a Negroni. I love a Negroni. I still do. But right. I've had enough... Negronis now that more often than not it's like yeah it disappoints me because I've had a lot of them and I know, I love it right so it kind of sets me up for badness and, yes and, and it's a little bit more like screw upable with the measures yes um, whereas this it's like wow I could just get a martini anyway it's it's, it, it, it's one of the, it's like my go to drink o- o- was forever in a day and I haven't had one in a while 
um, gin and tonic. Mm. And uh, the tough one was always like the tonic. Because sometimes you find a tonic and the tonic was basically all the difference in the world. The gin is too. Like once you get a really nice fancy gin and we're going to... We're going to test our next drinks are going to be the Vespers. So there's going to be three gin, one vodka, one... Yeah. Uh, I already predict that's going to... Oh, I think... Yeah, I think that might go yeah. above a four or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to try with the two different gins. Five, five! <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes, like, it's it's just like the tonic will just, like... As long as the tonic is not harsh, mm. it's just a bit... Especially in the summertime when it's hot. Yeah. You get, a, like, a nice icy cold drink... Because once it starts getting too hot, scotch, those things, they, they make you too warm. Mm. You know, for me, scotch and whiskey, that's for a lovely February morning when it's like, you know, yeah. 4 a.m. February, you're freezing your ass off and you pour yourself a scotch and it just warms you from your freaking toes to your head. Mm. So I, I, I go with a 4-6 on this too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think yeah, it might be colored, but hey, that's how the cookie rolls, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the beers in the beginning that we started, I, I bet you if we went back, and actually Annie brought up a good point for next year, maybe, because mm -hmm. maybe we all have it by that point, um, maybe we should do top beers. Yeah, that's true. And do like a 64 countdown and, or, or drinks, just period, and just have like the, the four things set up Yeah. and do, you know, whatever, a stout category, this category, whatever, and just see... See what's best. Which, yeah. which one's best? And just like kind of pop, 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 pop. Mm -hmm. Man, we're gonna be sauced by the end of that oh, episode. Yeah, that's a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. So, all right. Well, there you go, folks. So, there's um, episode sixty of the 2019. What's going on here? Best tournament Bond movies. So, these are your winners of the first round from the Q region. Uh, Skyfall defeated the Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, from Russia with Love defeated Live and Let Die. Casino Royale defeated Moonraker, easy one, and Spectre defeated Die Another Day. So we have Skyfall versus From Russia with Love in the next round, and Casino Royale versus Spectre. Mm -hmm. And next episode, I guess we'll uh, tackle the Felix Leiter region yep. and see about uh, those guys. And we have in that one Goldfinger versus Goldeneye, The Spy Who Loved Me versus Diamonds Are Forever, You Only Live Twice versus Quantum of Solace. And Thunderball versus on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's the that's the tough one, I think. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the really tough one mm -hmm. because they're kind of similar, and they're all both very good in their own way. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's a two versus a fifteen, oddly enough. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, and it's very and it and it's the. It's funny because the, they're right next to each other. There's the film that could have been the other film, and you know they, that's. No, no, no. Uh, there was in between. Was you only live twice? Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. You only live twice was the last one. Oh, yeah, Thunder. Yeah, Thunderbolt was the biggest. The biggest hit. Was the I mean, Thunderbolt was number two mm. for for adjusted inflation mm. in that the was, box office. I remember reading that was the one. I'll probably bring it up next episode, but that was the one where he. He didn't turn up to the premiere. Like, Sean Connery didn't turn up to the premiere for it because it was too successful. Like, he was literally... They were like, if you come, we don't think we're going to be able to, like, protect you. Like, it was mobbed. It was so busy. Really? Oh, yeah. Because at that point, like, oh, he was like... Everyone wanted a piece of him. Because that's true. That that was, that was the third one, right? No, the fourth. The fourth. fourth one? Yes. Yeah, the because fourth it was one. Dr. No. 
Um, Rush with Love. From Russia with Love, Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yeah. And then, and then Thunderball. Yeah, by that point, he was just unmistakably like the, the biggest star. Like, yes. He was James Bond, and that was just like, ooh. And they said to him, like, you shouldn't come to the Premier because we don't think this is going to be able yeah. to handle it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, all right, then. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening in and catch our next episode. And, uh, ooh, so do I put four? So we got four photos from our photo shot to put out there mm. so you'll be getting uh eye candy from the lads here people so oh, yeah. hope you look forward to it we're damn sexy if i do say <laughs> so myself <laughs> all right folks have a good one okay bye